Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show and a podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, coming to you from the lower central coast of New South Wales, which is Gringai land. I'm Coach Kiwi, and this week I am coming to you from Wurundjeri country. I'm Lauren Hodson, and I'm coming to you from the southern shire, which is Darawal country. And in breaking news... Oh my goodness. Lauren Hodgson. We're sitting with royalty here. Sydney AFL royalty. Your Majesty, ma'am, your Royal Highness. Lauren, it's very recently, our laws, our very own laws. Our laws. Our laws uh, has been made a life member of the Southern Power Football Club. Um, uh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, V. It uh, was certainly a surprise. Uh, but yeah, found out a few weeks ago at the AGM, I was um, nominated and uh, accepted for life membership. So uh, yeah, certainly a, a surprise. But um, yeah, feeling quite honoured because I think life membership of any organisation is, um, you know, they're not given out lightly. So yeah, certainly quite humbled by it. Congratulations. Yeah, well done. Thank you. In this week's show, our preliminary finals round for AFLW Season 7, I'm just going to pause there because I managed to pronounce that correctly for the first time ever on this pod. It's going to soak in that moment. Thanks. On the <laughs> contrary, what did you pronounce right? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> we have two matches to review. Uh, we will have our predictions for the W Awards, which is coming up uh, this coming week, and we'll preview tonight. the final. They're on tonight, so they're in a few a couple an hour. They're on tonight, Sunday night, tonight, Tuesday. We're Tuesday. It's Tuesday this week when people listen Kiwi. to our uh, You know what? I'm keeping all that in. You know, God. Hi, folks. This is our live show on a Tuesday. We record on a Sunday. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But first, let's talk about Tape Gate. So one, Jess Hoskins. Storm in a teacup. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's. Look, I don't know. It's this thing about the storm. I don't know if it is a storm in a a teacup. Look, the thing is, if you're around players, and really what it means is, and I've asked some of my players and they said, what do you think it means? no one's going to go out there and actually kill anyone. It's just kind of a saying about go out there and be tough, don't get beaten. It's really – and obviously, and underneath it, I think it says have fun. So, you know, she, yeah. she had a whole lot of stuff written on her arms, mm. um, which they showed her right sleeve. Why didn't they show her left sleeve? She had a big tribute to Cliff Nation. Like she, you know, walked on the field that night holding hands with two young kids who had gone through um, the Cliff – operation what do you call it cliff pilot operation mm. um give that some focus instead of yes, trying to tear indeed. down a player well this is the problem when you are in the spotlight what you say and do will be pounced on and it will be the message that you didn't want out in the public it'll be the message that didn't mean that much or didn't mean what people are saying it meant 
And so, Jess, all I'm saying is next time, write this. Game on moles. <laughs> um, I'm going to say credit to Jess, though, because obviously she's been absolutely raked over the coals about this. It's pretty obvious she's not written it herself, but she's not named anyone. She's taken full responsibility and just said, yep, sorry, yep, sorry. Let's move on. It's just the media just grabs these things. And there I don't know, is was- so little controversy in the AFLW. I mean, when you really compare it to the M's, I mean, for goodness sake, that's what they're pouncing on. We've got, I'm not even going to say what we've got in the men's. It's the way some of those players behave is absolutely despicable, absolutely disgraceful. They should hide their heads in shame and go and live on a and, a, and it's dead the men's island somewhere sure to do a favour to the women of this world. <laughs> there are just some despicable characters in the men's competition. And here we have, here we have, yeah, a player who's written something or has had something written on on her tape. It's it. That's where yeah, that kind of perspective. It, it really is a storm in a, in a teacup. I, is that I a, is there a movie was. with a similar title? Um, no, but Chicks Dig Scars. Write that, Jess. Write that. Write Chicks Dig Scars. Glory lasts forever. <laughs> All right, Liz, are we going to move on now? I'm Lisa Steen and you're listening to The Coat Hanger. Let's talk about the prelims. See, I didn't actually dare try and say that word again twice. I've, I've won one. Once tonight, I'm not gonna not gonna try it again. Uh, let's start with Friday night's clash at Metricon between Brisbane and Adelaide. Um, so Adelaide went down to Brisbane. Great clash! What a first um, quarter, wasn't it? Like I know there was very low scoring first quarter, but it was a fierce contest. Like it was just from the first ex- moment, absolutely, yeah. and that's what you expect. You know, close contests, uh, you know, people hard at it. And uh, obviously in the second quarter, the the lines opened up. But everyone was expecting the Crows to kick the first goal in the the first 15 seconds, you know, and that didn't happen. So everything everything (laughs) went against them. (laughs) Didn't go to script. Uh, Yeah. And it was just such a fierce battle. It's a great match to watch. It was a really highly contested game throughout and both teams had a lot of inside 50s, but um, I think probably one of the biggest stats that stood out in the weekend was Brisbane took 13 marks inside 50, whereas Adelaide only took three. Mm-hmm. And there's some quality Adelaide players, and you know, and and we know like the smalls, like Courtney Hodder, you know, they get around and they get the ball and and they don't need the marks. They're usually grabbing the crumbs and you know get right. that bit of magic and. Um, you know, and and she was. I think Courtney got two goals for Brisbane. Um, she was on fire, but yeah, Crows just. I think that's they just didn't really fire. They had enough ball when it went in, but just not not the quality. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was. I thought it was a really good game. It was a really good battle between the two. Just um, I think Crows have just been like just a touch of polish this whole season. You know, Richmond mm. Richmond pushed them early in the year and they came back from behind. I think the first three games, they were like that. They kind of went down the scoreboard and came back from behind and they've really ground out some games to get their wins. They've not really controlled the domination from the beginning, whereas Brisbane have just been pretty pretty well polished and 
you know, fresh from, they had last weekend off as well. And they're, they're, they're probably looking like the fittest team in yep. the comp as well, you know, and, and they talk about that a lot that, mm. you know, they work really hard on their fitness to play the game of footy, but um, boy, they've got some species in that team. Like, you know, we talk about Cassie Spark, but, you know, Ruby Spark and um, Alder O'Dwyer and, well, Hodder's pretty quick. Just just some real speed, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Exciting to watch. Mm. Um, Stand wanna... for Crows. Um, sorry, sorry, Loz. Um, the minute silence at the beginning, um, just yeah. tearing them apart. And I kind of thought, you know, like I know some of them, like Chelsea, was also mates with Cinder, and it's like you know, it's I know, God, like a, a repetition, like yeah. Well, hope. being West Australian, um, that's that's where Chelsea is originally from, isn't she? From yep. Perth or Freya. Yeah. Um, so God, just so of course we're talking about Heather Anderson, uh, who was an inaugural uh, AFLW Adelaide Crows premiership player, and she she passed away. Um, just last, last week, week at the age and she's of from Canberra. She's a Canberra yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. And you, uh, Kiwi, you said that you had seen her in her under 18s days? Yeah, yeah. She was um, part of the ACT under 18s that played against New South Wales under 18s. So, um, really terrific player way back then, like mm. 16, 17, 18 years old. And it it really tested me as a coach because when you come against players like that, that are just so dynamic, you know, they're not just one dimensional. She could play all over the field, but she just carved us through the midfield. And it mm. and I love it. Keeps me on edge, but you know, it keeps my mind going, right, how can I stop her? How can I stop her? How can I stop her? And um, you know, I think she was captain. Beck got I was a coach, but I think she was Beck's captain. And then we combined the two teams and you know, she was pretty much our first pick in the in the mm. combined squad. But um, yeah, fantastic player. So then she went off to join the army, right? As a medic mm. and stopped playing for a bit, is what I thought. But she obviously joined ADF. So when she got drafted to the Crows, it was like, yes. And she just came back so much fitter and stronger as well. And what I really loved in that first season was that um she was so easy to spot because she was wearing the pink. <laughs> yeah, she always did. In yes. the year when when I I didn't know how to recognize anybody um and certainly in the in the um grand final which was the only match I saw that year um I could always see where Heather was on the field and I remember when she went off with her shoulder do you remember us sitting there going no we're so sad for her but um but anyway sorry Liz you were going to say something super important and no no that's I think that was very important to to recognize Heather and um, I know I met her a few times uh, when I was down working for AFL in Canberra because uh, she was a Balconon player, so I knew quite mm. a few of the girls there. But just going to say, Chelsea Randall's fourth quarter, um, gee, she almost single-handedly bought them. She gave them a sniff, if anything. She just attacked the ball, but she, um, I mean, look, by that stage I'm probably a little bit too far behind. But uh, she she probably just needed a few more people to help help her. And who knows? Had they got a goal or two a bit sooner in that last quarter, you yeah. know, momentum. But um, yeah, she just yeah, fantastic, She's incredible player. Yeah, absolutely, she led from the front. After you know, you re- referred to it then. You know, it was a, a pretty stirring moment. Silence to recognise Heather and and clearly Chelsea and a few others were quite impacted by that. But, um, mm. yeah, her, I mean, her whole game was fantastic. But that last quarter was just, yeah, she um, 
she threw everything at it. Yeah. Yeah, there were a couple of behinds that were a bit unlucky. Um, and I tell you what, if those had been goals, it would have been a, a well, Absolutely. But it's like Kiwi said, had the Crows also taken a few more marks inside 50, you know, yeah. particularly in that last quarter, it changes things. But, um, look, the lines were just too good. And the commentators kept referring how it was very similar to their game uh, earlier in the year against each other when I think same thing in the second quarter, the lines kicked away then. So, um, you know, similar, similar story. Yeah. Okay. I'm Catherine Smith and you're listening to The Coat Hanger. And, of course, Princes Park hosted the, the Melbourne and North Melbourne match. And the D's beat the Roos. And I'm just going to say something. There's so much whinging about where the grand finals played and the capacity of the ground. Well, this game was two Melbourne teams at Icon Park, which we know has had a lockout before at about, what is it, 24,000 people. Mm-hmm. The capacity has now reduced. I think the capacity now is only 12,000 because of the renovations. Really? Okay. Um, it's, a, it's really important to put in an indoor training centre right next to the Oval and take away the spectator seats. But anyway, um, it, it is a nice centre. Um, they only got 6,000 or a touch under 6,000. Like, Come on, your Melbourne. Money. You know what? Support. There's you know no what? other games You're on the You're going to carry on like that? You don't deserve... <laughs> To call so, yourself you know, the home of footy. If they talk about you move it to Marvel and all that, it's like, no. 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 You don't get out and support when there's two Melbourne teams in it. What numbers would you get when it's one Melbourne team and one Queensland team? So, no, Brisbane earned the final. Good on Well, them. then maybe actually should everyone should be glad that that match last week was at Richmond because at least they did lock it, lock it out at 2,500. Oh, let's not go overboard. <laughs> Let's talk about the match, shall we? (laughs) Sure thing. Oh, look, cracking match. Um, And, you know, the second half of that second quarter and the third quarter, that was all North. Like, North were in the game. What I noticed was that North are playing a different style of football. So they used to be, you know, probably the benchmark team of their transition, the the speed and cleanness of the way they transition from the back line, short, sharp kicks up the field. And it's what, you know, we try and coach the young rep teams. And this is, you know, if you want to play top level female football, have that 30 meter kick in your bag and be able to nail it hard, fast football. But they kind of resorted to this long bomb in and real low percentage type kicking. Um, kicking off one step and just kicking to a contest. And it just didn't work. Their stats for that third quarter alone were 18 inside 50s to two. Mm. And they just didn't punish on the scoreboard. Like, you know, great, take it in, but punish on the scoreboard. And, you know, I think they just weren't given their smalls enough of a chance. And then they, you know, were expecting their tools to win every contested ball. And in fairness, there was quite a swirly wind as well, which made it pretty hard to you know, time it and get your body right for the contested ball. So, again, do the low flat ones. You know, change it up for the win. Change it, you know, to the conditions. So do you think that was panic football or do you think they had decided to change their tactics? It's kind of changed a little bit the season. They're sort of kicking a little bit different. Mm, Um, But they they were in the game. So, I don't know, if it did feel like perhaps panic football because they've been such a polished team, but... It, they were in the game. They're only a few points down, so there's no reason 
you know, you've got the quality players. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Taylor Harris went off injured. You know, there was some. Yeah. You know, that, that was quite really worried a bit of a change had, up. because They certainly had the opportunities, rock. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if anything, Dees could have been worried because they had so much less football in their hands. Yeah. They had one of their key players, you know, struggling with an injury. Um, you know, it, they could have played some panic football because they were Well, it really but, did end up coming down. They. No. Not, yeah, it came down to the fourth quarter and Dees kept the ruse um, uh, scoreless. Yeah, well, that's the scoring end, that end that's got no crowd. That's the... Well, there's no seats. That's the score. <laughs> say so. I've been I've been to Icon a few times now with the renovations, and mm-hmm. yeah, that that end gets a lot more goals than the other end. But yeah, I just want to go back to something you said, Kiwi, and also for you then commented on it. Like the Roos were, they had a lot of the ball. Um, they were setting up well. It kept getting kicked back to them, but they weren't using it. And and I know we've spoken a lot about having Plan Bs and doing something different this year. Given they had so much of the ball, do you think maybe maybe it was a bit of panic because they didn't seem to really try to mix things up when what they were doing wasn't working. They were having their players behind the ball, but it just kept going back and then being rebounded out. So, you know, could they have tried something different or was it just that Melbourne's defence were that good? Because I think Melbourne this year, I know they – the game they lost, they, they got done by a bit, but they've never really looked panicked, Melbourne. So was it just good defence? Are we being too harsh or am I being too harsh on the roof saying they they should have tried to, you know, mix it up a bit? Well, I, th- I think even even as a coach, that's what you do. You just look at, right, this isn't working. What next can we try? And Melbourne are great at getting numbers behind the ball. So absolutely, you know, go wide, spread them, hit the 45s and, you know, really shift that defence around and find the holes and and then hit. I still think hit the flat balls in. Just really lower your eyes and hit up a target rather than stick it up in the air where it swirled around. Um, and, you know, for so long, Melbourne had trouble transitioning out of that 50. They couldn't get past halfway for mm. quite a while as well. So the pressure was, you know, on Melbourne, but... Yeah, as you said, I think they've just got experience and I think there's a lot of trust in that Melbourne team to be calm and, you know, trust the processes and and, and the ball will come to us and um, and it did and then, they, you know, kick those goals. I think Kate Hoare's goal was a changing. I know everyone's talking about the daisy factor, but Kate's goal was a real crusher, you know, that. Yeah, put them, da- yeah. yeah absolutely. Daisy sealed it. And, yeah, Daisy sealed yeah. it. But, yeah, when Kate Hoare got that goal, you thought, they're now going to have to kick two to beat them. And for me, I thought that's it's already difficult to kick two to beat them. is going to be hard. So I, I think you're right. I think Kate Hall's goal was was really the clincher. Yeah. Hey, um, I want to say about all the Irish girls that are playing, geez, they're exciting to watch. Mm. And, you know, especially the new ones, like Mackin just looks so dangerous. And, you know, she's only she hasn't played every game this season. I think she's only had maybe six or seven matches. She, when she learns more of this footy knowledge, because she, that time when she just sprinted out and bounced the ball, she's just running too fast for a bounce. So obviously, she's learning how to bounce it slowly. So they need to be now polishing her practice running at your speed. Um, but Vicky Wall, like her tackles for someone who's come from a non tackling sport, I don't know, check that girl's CV. I think she's played rugby somewhere, but she is tough, tough as. Um, but you just, I just think they're exciting. Um, additions to the game. Yep. Great to see. 
Hey, it's Elise Parker here and you're listening to The Coat Hanger. All right, let's preview uh, the W Awards, which are happening tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, BNF, who's going to be the BNF? I'm still going to go with my pre-season pick of Jazzy Garner from the Kangaroos. Mm Mm-hmm. Jersey Garner from the Kangaroos. Do you reckon Chelsea Randall will be up there? Well, she's missed again. Oh, no, it was, it was a final she missed there, wasn't it? She's probably a lock for most courageous for, what, the <laughs> six out of seven times. Yeah. But yeah. Um, um, I think probably missed too many games. But Jersey yeah, I think Garner, she's missed two, I think. I think Mon Conti, mm. she could be up there as well. Um, she's had a... Um, a Elise game. Parker has got to be up there, I think. Yeah, come on, Elise. Uh, yeah, I think Jazz Garner, although Jazz's last few games has probably been not as dominant. For, but does that, that doesn't end matter the game. once we get into, into finals? Or do you mean the last? So even the last the, couple of the rounds. In this home yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, the other one's probably Carrie Bowers, but I think she was injured early in the season, so didn't play enough games. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Rising Star for me, mm-hmm. I think it's going to go to Jasmine Fleming. Right. I thought first season in, she's pretty dominant and has a massive impact for Hawthorne. It's hard. I think it's hard. There's actually a whole bunch of gun young players this season. Yeah. But um, could well be the, I think her dad played some other sport somewhere, but um, she's pretty right, Jazz Fleming. Yeah. Well, I think he's now known as Jazz's dad. Jazz's Good. dad. Fantastic. It's only right. <laughs> Any kick of footy. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, and who's going to do a shoey? I don't think Craig Starsevich will this year. No, Sorry, this done. season, given given they're about to play in a grand final. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, after that all the teams got a memo saying don't do shoeys. No shoeys allowed. <laughs> no. Emily Bates. Emily oh, Bates. Yes, sorry, Emily Bates. Yes, sorry. That, we've, we've already had one scandalous <laughs> moment for BNF, so don't think we. Um, no, no other one. Yeah, AFL needs um, that. I think. I mean, yeah, she's gone. good, but the thing with the lines also, I guess, is a whole. It's kind of like the crows. There's a few of them in there that take the points off each other, as well. I think Jazzy Garner, followed by Mon Conti. I think. I think Conti, and I think Elise Park will be top five, but. Um, I'm going to stick with Jazzy Garner, maybe because I want one of my preseason predictions <laughs> to come right. But she was also the coach's, uh, you know. Oh, yes. The coach's yeah. MVP. Yes, so, I think that's always a good sign, isn't yeah. it? Good predictor. Um, talking about um, predictions, last week's games, I think it was um, one Loz Hall of Famer who kiss of death, was it? Not <laughs> predictions for the yeah, Crows and the I just Crows and the Roos. <laughs> I just wanted a bit of variety in the, you know. In the Only because me and Fee got both right, but I think the week before it was the opposite. Me and Fee got them all wrong mm. and you got them right. That's yeah. right. So I just thought I'd, I'd share the glory. I, I can't get it right all the time. This is Maddie Collier and you're listening to The Coat Hanger. Good stuff. Okay, and so looking ahead to the grand final, um, do we think the right teams are playing? Yeah, I think so. I think they've been consistently the best performed sides over the year. Or sorry, over the season. 
Yeah, and I are think, they playing it at yes. the right venue? <laughs> I think that's the only one left in Queensland that's it's the available. Only oval available <laughs> in Australia on Sunday. But you know, because of it, we've got another first only happen once because the yeah. venues never had an AF. I know that was a different club, but never had Still, an AFL game. It's right. never had a game on the They've been grass. talking about going there <laughs> for how many years? Trains. Yeah. Has it been seven years that they've been talking about going there or six years? Nah, not that long, but at least a couple. Because yeah. it's been a mega, mega redevelopment in there, which from what I'm remembering, and I'm I'm a little older, so my memory could be foggy, but I'm pretty sure that this that they have that it's ready to schedule. Like when they started the works, it was ready for the end of the 2022 year, like end of the season so that they could come in now and start pre-season for what we normally have, summer competitions. 2023. It's yeah. just that the AFL threw in 2022B season that threw mm-hmm. everyone out. But I think, yeah, from memory, it has all come to schedule and, and everyone's in a panic mode because, oh, shit, well, there's nowhere else to play football. And the <laughs> Brisbane Lions have not even trained on the ground That's yet. it. Yeah. But they go there and they just go down the road and do their training, I think. Do they, so, that, so can I they just go, go and roll around on the on the floor? Roll around well, on, on, on the, the grass? The grass is just fresh. Like it's it. a freshly laid last week or something. But, they, <laughs> but as grass is growing somewhere else, it's just got to stitch into, that, into the ground. That's the only thing, to make sure it doesn't move when you change direction. That's, that's the only worry is, is the movement of this turf. I'm thinking of that um, video that Darcy Vessio did all those years ago, <laughs> season was it season two, and she was she was talking to her bobblehead. Oh no, she was talking to the Brie bobblehead, wasn't she? Oh, and they were rolling around yes. the grass. That's right. <laughs> that was a classic. Icon. Darcy is one of the. I'm suggesting that maybe they do that. That's that's my hot tip for um for the or lines that I reckon that's gonna, that'll some... give you the home home ground advantage. Some Lisa bobbleheads in a Brisbane Lions uniform. Bart's sister. Simpson. Oh, right. Springfield. Oh, it was a stretch, Kiwi, but I got to All right. <laughs> yeah, well, we are wondering, we were wondering uh, before we started recording whether or not uh, there would be some Duff beer available at the refreshment stand. <laughs> Which, according oh, to your dear. brother's friend, he's got a case that he could take up and yes, offer it exactly. a rather could, inflated could, price. Uh, <laughs> now that it's very rare in Australia, it's rare collector's well, item. I like my suggestion. Budweiser have extra from Qatar, so why not ship it to Springfield? No one's allowed to drink it. Exactly, so. they could right. sell it. They could <laughs> sell it at Springfield for a buck, and it's still more than they're getting in Qatar. That's right. <laughs> This is Ayla Sheeran. For the best harbour views in women's footy, tune into the coat hanger. How bad All is right. that? That's uh, bad. Who's yeah. going to win? Who's going to win on Sunday, Loz? Demons. Kiwi? Brisbane by three goals. I'm saying Demons by two. So Ooh. we've got it covered between us. <laughs> yep. What's your margin? What's your margin, Loz? Oh, uh... Demons by three goals. Three goals. Okay, right. And Daisy Someone's Pierce got to be right. retirement. Nah. 
Stay on, Daisy. Just You'll have to kiss. announce it soon because uh, she's going to be working for Geelong in 2024. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah. then that's the other gender, so does it count? I don't think it does. Nah, <laughs> I don't think it does. All right, we will be back next week post-grand final with very special guest Johnny Hess. Um, this has been our preliminary finals round of the coat hanger for AFOW season seven. See, I couldn't say it properly that time. We will be coming to you next week. It'll be our last week. <laughs> oh, God, I'm reading my old script. Dear, oh, dear. Uh, be sure to catch us on our socials. We are at Coat Hanger Footy on Twitter, Insta and Facebook. And as always, for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune in to the Coat Hanger. <laughs>